Welcome to the Context Podcast, sponsored by Geist Interactive. I'm your host, Jeremy Brown. Today we sit down with Carson Lind. Carson is the owner of Eagle Optimizations and the creator of Widget Studio. Today we talk about a lot of things relating to FileMaker and JavaScript. Carson explains how he got into FileMaker and I must say it's very similar to my path. We also talk about how he got into JavaScript. We talk about the context in which JavaScript can be used. Carson explains his thoughts about why JavaScript is getting its day in FileMaker and in the FileMaker community. We also chat about Widget Studio, its customization and deployment options, and its use in a FileMaker developer's tool bag. Finally, we talk about FileMaker DevCon 2019 and chat a lot about the new script step we saw there that makes working with JavaScript so much easier. Welcome, Carson. How are you doing, man? Good. Thanks a lot for having me on. Yeah, it's it's good to good to talk with you. I I, I was actually thinking about we uh, we first met I think back up there at the um, Minnesota F- FileMaker user group. Is that right? Do you recall that? Yeah. I, well, we actually met uh, maybe the year before at DevCon. We had we sat at the same table. I remembered it, but I, I don't know if you remember me. But <laughs> no, sorry, that was. That was a long time ago. I, yeah, that was 2017, right? When I was doing my first DevCon session. Yes, that's right. That's, yeah, the one on WebViewers, yeah. the, the famous one. <laughs> the famous one, yes. Well, tell us tell us about yourself, Carson. Who, what do you work for? Who do you work for? You work for yourself. Tell us about your business and, and what you think and do in FileMaker. Okay, sure. So I started as an in-house FileMaker developer uh, for a medical device manufacturing company. Um, and just kind of wandered into FileMaker um, as a way to improve processes and get rid of paper and all that kind of stuff. Um, I actually found it by Googling alternatives to Microsoft Access. I actually typed that into Google and that's how I found FileMaker. And it was great. It was, I downloaded the demo and just immediately fell in love with it. Built systems to handle all the various processes and workflows at the uh, manufacturing company. And then I realized that I really preferred doing FileMaker to doing any of the other stuff <laughs> at the manufacturing company. Um, and so I, about two years ago now, I went out on my own and just started doing independent consulting uh, in FileMaker. And I have not looked back. I've loved every every second of it. So what's your company's name? It's, it's called Eagle Optimizations. Um, and I do some uh, I have some longstanding clients, and then I do some project work, and I work with other developers in the area. Um, and then, yeah, this past year, I had the kind of new experience of bu- building a product, Widget Studio, and, and working on that. So it's been a ton of fun learning a bunch of new stuff, um, really getting out in the community and working with various other clients really expanded my horizons and I'm learning new stuff in FileMaker and new techniques, and it's I've just it's been a blast. You know, you um, you mentioned your your journey into FileMaker, and it's pretty much the same as mine. Obviously, not the same industry, but uh, I was a teacher and started doing some in-house stuff as well as teach for my for my school, and found that I liked doing that more than I liked teaching. I use the phrase stumbling into FileMaker. And I, I like that phrase because it's not something that we're, we just stumble into it. We accidentally get into it and find that we enjoy it so much. So um, I wonder how many developers out there are like that. I've heard of a lot of them. Yeah, I, th- I think it's pretty common. We stumble into it and then, you know, find that we like doing that and want to expand ourselves out and, and go full time, go pro as it were, so... Uh, very cool. Uh, so you, the way that I know you, Carson, is that you built Widget Studio. We're going to talk about that. But I also know that you you seem to know a lot about JavaScript and um, the web viewer, but mainly JavaScript. What, what's your JavaScript background? So I had no JavaScript experience previous to doing FileMaker. I actually had no, really no computer experience. My My background is not in computers at all. Um, it was really just self-taught on the job. Um, I needed to be able to solve a problem. And well, first it was getting, you know, learning Excel and then Excel wasn't good enough on its own. So I learned VBA 
in order to expand Excel. And then, and then I found FileMaker and stuff got a heck of a lot easier and quicker to do. But really the same thing with JavaScript is FileMaker just couldn't do all the stuff that I wanted it to in terms of, you, you know, kind of the standard tools that you have, the, the stuff that immediately appears on the screen. Um, so various things like uh, animations, uh, complex charts and graphs, being able to manipulate the graphs to look at complex data, and then crunching really big number sets in, in a short amount of time. I needed to look, and it wasn't really that I wanted, I would have found a different solution, but since I figured out a way to do it inside the context of FileMaker, it just made so much sense for me to spend uh, time learning it. Yeah, that's, that's again, it's very similar to what, what my journey into JavaScript. And I know people, many people before us have advocated for the using of JavaScript in FileMaker, but it seems to really be resurging or um, the wave is cresting and people are really getting into it now. And um, well, we can talk about that to talk about where that comes from and the, and the future of, of JavaScript. But let me just ask you, you mentioned context and this is a context podcast. So what do you think is the context of using JavaScript in FileMaker? When is it okay? When is it not okay? What are your thoughts about that whole idea? You know, there's certain things that are really fast and easy to do in FileMaker. Um, if I wanted to make a button that when I clicked it, it just showed me a dialogue that said something. Um, it's it's much faster for me to do that in FileMaker than it is for me to do that in JavaScript. Even though that's pretty quick to do in JavaScript, it's still faster in FileMaker because I, I can drop a button on and, you know, single action button. Even when I do a JavaScript integration, I try to, I try to couple it closely with the FileMaker objects, the other FileMaker objects. So I really like bringing card windows up on top of web viewers um, and using, you know, other FileMaker layout objects right up next to the web viewer, kind of like in GoDraw. So you have uh, the the other guy's product, GoDraw, which is really cool. It has a web viewer and it has all these buttons around the outside that are just FileMaker buttons that do things inside the web viewer, mm -hmm. um, which is a really great approach. I really like using that approach. Um, so so yeah, I like to. I think they 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 mesh really well together. But then there's just some things that are much faster to do or or just possible to do inside of the web viewer using JavaScript, like for example, animation. So that was one of the first things. I think that was the first thing I did in a web viewer, um, as far as you know, running JavaScript and HTML code uh, that I wrote was a was a was a bouncing arrow. Uh, so it just bounced back and forth and pointed to, to one side of the screen. And I was doing that because I was making an interface for a piece of test equipment at the manufacturing company. And the operators were uh, running this, it was a screen. So it was kind of like a, a human machine interface, an HMI screen that they actually used FileMaker to run the test machine. When you're in that kind of uh, mode where you've got a big batch of a hundred parts and you're just putting the part in the machine, hitting a button, put the part in the machine, hit a button, it becomes very mindless. And so when there's a problem or when there's something that you really want the operator to see, just putting text on the screen is often not good enough uh, because the operator in that situation will likely miss one run out of 100 that has different text on the screen. Um, and so using things like animation or sound, uh, I've used both of them, but using animation to have an arrow that's bouncing across the screen is enough to grab their attention out of whatever they're listening to or whatever else they're thinking about and pull them back to the fact that something needs to be done. Um, and so that was the first thing. And I just thought that was so cool that in FileMaker, all of a sudden now there's stuff animated on the screen and you couldn't even tell that it was WebViewer because I made the background color the same as the layout and everything. Um, and and it was fantastic. And so that, that's kind of been my approach. Um, you know, when there's these things that I, I really need to be able to do and or add this fantastic, like calendars, right? Another one. Uh, that it's so it's calendars are an incredibly complicated piece of equipment really um calculating all the dates and multi-date events and all this kind of stuff and moving them around and resorting them and ordering them um is is incredibly difficult to do in regular FileMaker, you know like portals um and so so expanding some of these capabilities um you just automatically gravitate towards these javascript libraries so it's for you it's not even a a question of should I use JavaScript or not? When that kind of functionality 
is needed, is requested by your client, you just automatically turn to a JavaScript library. And it seems like just from your description, you did that without knowing anything about JavaScript at the very beginning when you needed to create a little animation. You realized FileMaker couldn't handle it. And so you you knew JavaScript could, or you knew that stuff in the web could, and you just immediately turned to that and started exploring that within the context of FileMaker, correct? Yep, that's absolutely right. So that that's interesting. And I think that's a good way that people can get into JavaScript, right? Is just by realizing, okay, there's a limit with what FileMaker itself can do with its objects. You could, like you said, create a calendar using um, f- field, repeating fields or a button bar possibly. And I think modular FileMaker has one out there, right? But it just takes a lot of time. And and you're, you're, you're saying that we can just turn to a library and in a quarter of the time, a 10th of the time, get that thing up and running using the JavaScript, right? Exactly. Yeah. I wonder how many developers are getting into that more and more are finding that they need to turn to JavaScript, a, a, a JavaScript library, a web viewer implementation. I wonder how many people are finding that more and more in their daily work. Yeah, I think I think it is increasing for sure. And I think it's going to increase a heck of a lot more when, when we get down the road here with some of the new developments. Why do you think it's increasing? Why do you think people are finding that they have to turn to JavaScript more? Well, I think that because we live um, in a world where this, this kind of functionality is expected now, right? So we're using all these other apps. We're using web apps. We're using mobile apps uh, that have this functionality, right? That have um, animation that catches our attention, that have things like uh, updates as you type, right? Things that update mm-hmm. as you type. And all, all these other various, they have these complex charts that show things, right? We, we get into QuickBooks and we, you know, we log into our QuickBooks online account and we see these charts that, that pop up right in front of us, these really nice things. Um, and so people are getting more and more used to this kind of stuff and it's becoming more um, expected. People know that the computers can do these things, the technology exists, and they want their custom apps to be state-of-the-art. And so that actually happened recently. I was doing a text message integration for FileMaker where they were gonna be sending text messages out of FileMaker and they could customize. So we would give, we would build, pre-build the message for the user based on logic in the FileMaker system. And then, but then they could customize it. They could change the message, add things, delete things um, just in a text box. But there's a character limit on a text message, right? So you have 160 uh, character limit. And it was annoying to have them type and they're working on their message and they're going back and they're typing it and they're typing it. And then they hit done and it checks the character limit. So I really wanted the character limit to be checked as they're typing. So I didn't want to have them wait. And I tried to do it with on-timer scripts and script triggers. And it just really didn't work. This was on Windows in particular. And it just it was just a really bad user experience. Um, and then so I decided to do it in a web viewer. And I was just shocked at how quick it took me, really, because the, the code to do that in, in JavaScript is really simple. Um, and, and I found some examples online. And so they could check, and it would turn red, and it would give them the, char- the character count right on the bottom, a running account as they hit the keys. And it would turn red when they went over. And it was great. And it dropped it in, and uh, it worked fantastically well. So the fact that people expect modern interfaces, a lot of ac- interactivity, that's why more and more people are getting into it. That's right. Well, wonderful. Um, I well, you and we we do see this now, right? Because at the last three DevCons, I've been able to do some work in JavaScript, present it, and it seems like a lot of people are at least interested in it. And I'm hoping that the more we talk about it, the more we suggest it in the forums and, and just talk about it on podcasts that we we get it out there and we're, we're, we're teasing more and more people about it so that eventually they'll turn to the dark side, right? Yeah. I mean, I've never, I don't think I've ever showed a FileMaker developer, you know, one of these cool JavaScript integrations in the web viewer, and they haven't just been completely blown away by it. I mean, they're just, they're really, uh, really exciting for a FileMaker developer to see these things um, and to, to be able to expand their capabilities like that. 
the problem that that I think a lot of developers come up with, and my stumbling block at the beginning is that it takes a lot to learn JavaScript. And it, we think, people think that I've got to learn this language. I've got to be a master's level at it in order to be able to implement a calendar or a timer or whatever. And, you know, that's just not, that doesn't, doesn't seem true anymore because there are tools and products out there that help an average developer and widget studio is, is, is our tool for that. So let's, let's talk about widget studio a little bit. Um, widget studio does exactly what I just said. It, it removes the having to learn JavaScript part of this process from a developer's timeline, right? They don't have to know any JavaScript to use widget studio and put a widget into their, their custom apps, right? That's, that's the point of, that's roughly the point of Widget Studio. I I see. Um, tell us tell us about Widget Studio. Where did it come from? Um, what what was what inspired you to do that? And then what's its purpose? What do you see behind it as its purpose? That's absolutely right. Um, I wanted to create. So I, I had several goals. One one of them was absolutely I wanted to create something to make it easier for other FileMaker developers to get some of these awesome integrations into their custom apps without having to, you know, learn JavaScript from scratch. Um, also, it's a heck of a lot easier to modify something that somebody else has done than to build one on your own, especially when you're starting. So that was, that was absolutely a goal. Um, I had, you know, learned a lot from examples that I saw on the FileMaker community uh, and stuff that, that people had talked about like that and, and other examples I had seen um, in other other solutions, um, like your demo file, right? Great, great example of that. Uh, the problem um, that I saw with all of those was that they're still difficult to get them into from, from the example file into your custom app. Mm -hmm. um, so usually you had to, to create tables, you had to copy custom functions maybe, you had to copy scripts, and there was a multi-step process um, to, to migrating this widget from the demo file into your custom app. Mm -hmm. And that always, that always kind of bothered me because I wasn't doing anything to modify the widget. I was trying to get the exact same thing to show up in my file. I, I, that's, you know, the, at least the first step. I just want to get this exact same thing to show up in here. And then maybe I'll tweak this one little parameter, this one little variable to get it to show the data that I want. And so that, that process bothered me. So at last DevCon, um, there, was, there was two... Was it last DevCon? I think it was the last DevCon um, last year. Robert Halsey got up and showed kind of a, a lab under the hood or at the the what's coming next keynote or whatever it's called um, of this idea that they had of making these these widgets inside a FileMaker that developers could make and share and they'd be baked in right into, you know, you could import them into FileMaker itself and drop them into your layouts. Um, so I thought that was really cool. And I thought, you know what? we why why are we why do we need to wait for filemaker to to build this in we can do this now i think there's a way to do this now i think i can come up with something to to make it so you can just pull up these widgets configure them just like you do other filemaker objects and drop them into your file and so it was that and then todd gave a talk a uh, presentation on modular filemaker um 2.0 or something like that what what he what he saw as the goals for modular filemaker and that kind of stuff and i got up at, after his presentation and asked him a question about modular web viewer widgets I said how how can we make these more modular because they're a pain to get in to move from file to file and he said well they should they shouldn't have to be a pain because it's just a big blob of text in the end it's just a big blob of text that you're dropping into the web viewer and then it renders. And so I started thinking about that more and more and said, there's gotta be a way for, to make these widgets, these web viewer widgets more modular and make it so any developer can modify them, drop them into their file without having to go through all these extra steps. And so I worked over the past, well, let's see, Widget Studio came out in February. So basically it was after DevCon, I started, I started cooking up ideas and uh, putting them together and then over, over the next you know six eight months came up with widget studio and that's where we are that's that's an interesting progression i it, it's awesome to hear that <laughs> you tried to solve a problem that you saw out there i when i built my file 
five or six years ago now, I knew that that was a problem and I was just using boring exports and imports. And, you know, I, I hadn't got to that, that, that step that you developed in Widget Studio. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. I'm glad you solved that problem. Now I don't, now I don't have to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's cool that you 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 saw from something from that FileMaker was thinking of and and applied it to an entirely different language, something completely different, and uh, you built that in. And Widget Studio, I feel like, has had a lot of. I've been I've loved working with Widget Studio. I think that it's the best tool for it. My my favorite part of it is the deployment, right? And you you mentioned that 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 was the biggest goal. Obviously, customization is great, but the deployment way that you handle it is the best that I've seen and it, it makes it worth the product, right? It makes it worth it to be able to deploy in one step uh, with a script step or a web viewer. So, or sorry, with a script or a web viewer object um, to me, that makes it, makes it so much easier. And even now, even though I, can, you know, I, I do web viewer widgets all the time. I'm, I'm working on three or four for clients right now. I'm using Widget Studio as my development environment so that I can get get it deployed in a step or two. So, yeah, so I think that products like that, and there are other tools out there that are on similar, similar levels of, you know, similar levels. They they take the 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 hard parts out of it FileMaker developers don't know, have to know JavaScript, but do you think it's worth FileMaker developers knowing a little bit of JavaScript? What, what are your thoughts about that? Um, yeah, so that's an interesting question. Uh, should all FileMaker developers learn some JavaScript? Well, I really think it depends on the use case, right? So I, I work with some clients that have very big FileMaker systems, um, and legacy systems, and or not even necessarily legacy systems, but just systems that have been around for a really long time, and they've been, you know been updated and they're using modern techniques and all that kind of stuff. Clients where there there is multiple full time FileMaker developers that work on these systems, incredibly complex logic, you know thousand line scripts and all this kind of stuff that are totally necessary. Um, and so some of these developers they do they don't really they have a very focused and specialized job inside of FileMaker and the the web viewer the even maybe the UI isn't so much something that they work on a whole lot. Um, it's really more the business logic. And in that case, you know, it might not be they might not use JavaScript um, to to increase their capability. So it really depends on whether it would be useful. I think um, I mean certainly if somebody's interested in it, it's a ton of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. But in terms of whether it would actually help you with your job, I, I think there are cases where it you know it. Maybe it wouldn't. Just like there are cases where some developers don't have a big need for APIs. It's surprising, but there's there's few. You can find them. Um, and then if that's the case, if you can't use it on the job, at least for me, I always learn better on the job. Mm -hmm. um, so if I really can't use a technology uh, in my work, it's hard for me to really digest it. But I, I think that it's becoming increasingly possible for more and more developers to have an opportunity to use these things in their job because we have tools like we just do like um you know craft from uh, jeremiah small saline yep jeremiah small and uh jesse have have put that out and do and things like that other fm easy charts and other stuff um there's there's a lot of opportunities out there for it to make it worthwhile for you to spend um time on the job learning these things yeah absolutely yeah, I, I agree. Even though I like people to know JavaScript, it's my mission in life to <laughs> get as many people to learn JavaScript. I do see the point that not every FileMaker developer needs to know that because specializations. I I don't I know very little about the about the data API and or the 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 admin API. And when I need to know about that, I either turn that those use cases over to another person in my company, or I go and learn out, learn about it. But FileMaker developers don't need to know everything about everything. We just need to know what what we want to use for our for our use cases for our clients. So. Right. It just it depends on the problems you need to solve. But hey, um, you know, on a given Friday night, FileMaker developers are welcome to learn some JavaScript. Right. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, 
what else is there to do on a Friday night, right? So <laughs> we're talking a lot about JavaScript and we see actually that FileMaker is, or Claris is very invested in the, the language. Why do you think that is? Why do you see, we'll talk about specifics in a bit, but just from your thoughts of, of FileMaker, knowing that some of the engineers, why do, why is Claris suddenly interested in supporting JavaScript even more than it already does? Well, I, th I think part of that is just kind of the nature of the environment out there right now. I mean, JavaScript is eating the world, right? I think Todd had a talk on that a few years ago, I think titled JavaScript is eating the world. And that's a reference to, to, to another source, but I think it's, it's become, it's, becoming increasingly common, both with server-side JavaScript and Node.js, um, and obviously client-side JavaScript is all over the place, right? You know, every website runs some form of JavaScript, mostly, right? Unless it's a Java-backed website, and then you're just waiting for it to load all day long. But, so I think that, that that's part of it, um, just the just the environment that we're in, and, and JavaScript customizations are, are common in other software platforms. As, as being a language to customize things. Um, it's widely known, right? There's many JavaScript developers out there. Um, it's, it's the language of the web in, in many senses. Uh, but also since FileMaker has that web viewer in there and they've had it in there for you know, quite a while now, and we've been able to run JavaScript inside of FileMaker for a while. And I think they, they've seen the things that we can build, right? I, and that's one of the things I hear from FileMaker employees all the time is they're just so impressed with what the community actually, what the FileMaker developers build with the tools that they're given. Um, and so I think they, they really see that as a really good avenue for, for further development of the platform. And I tend to agree with them. It's my thought, not knowing anything about what they talk about internally, but they look at it and say, you know what? There's a JavaScript library. There's hundreds of JavaScript libraries on calendars. So let's let people use calendars from JavaScript and let's not let's not build one. Right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and and just looking at it, you know, there is a whole list of choices for me to choose from if I want a charting library. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of very polished, widely used libraries. Or, you know, I can think of like four off the top of my head, JavaScript charting libraries. And they're updated constantly. They're constantly up to date and they're constantly being vetted. I don't want to wait for FileMaker to update their charting library every once a year to, to have the best options, right? I want it. I want state-of-the-art. If something new comes out next month, I want to be able to use it right away. Um, and so there's definitely a speed at which uh, these libraries move and get updated that, that can't really be matched by, by FileMaker. And so, yeah, I think you're right that they they're smart not to try. We can we can leverage what's already out there and support the environment in which that calendar or the chart will go better. Support the scripting, support the web viewer itself. They should spend their time on that, right? And then let us pick from the millions of JavaScript libraries and push it into our app. So what do you, we were both at DevCon, we hung out, you helped me in my training session and thank you, by the way, um, <laughs> you were wandering all over there, helping people get their inspect element to work and fixing all the windows issues. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot we, of fun. Yeah, it was good. I, uh, glad I got to do it again. Um, but we saw what, what Claris is preparing for FileMaker and JavaScript. We saw uh, a, a native script step. We saw, what else did we see? That to, That's a big deal. What did you see at this last DevCon that, that further supports or is showing the support of JavaScript in FileMaker? Yeah, I, th I think that script step they showed for this ability to use the scripting engine to call into the web viewer is going to be is going to be huge. So it's so it's small in a certain way. It seems small, right? It's one script step, um, but I think it's it's going to drastically change the way that we uh, think about web viewers and FileMaker, um, and it's going to open up possibilities that we haven't even imagined yet. They showed that in the the visionary keynote, Robert. He actually took from one of my one of my uh, my demo file that I worked on many years ago and and put that into his his demo there. 
Um, but he showed that one step that can, it loaded it, but it also changed it, right? It changed the web viewer's data. It updated it somehow. Is that correct? Is that what I saw? Yes, right. Yep. Yeah. So, so, so you have a web viewer loaded on, on your layout. And this, and again, right, this is in a certain way, this is, this is speculation because we only know what we saw, but um, the script step in the script engine will be able to call a function inside that already loaded web viewer. That sounds a lot like the FileMaker web viewer bridge that Todd wrote a while back and I'm currently recording videos of. So the, the advantages will be uh, that we won't have to add, you know, that, that whole folder of scripts in order to use it. And uh, hopefully the hope is that we won't have to export our code, our HTML code to the temporary directory and load it from there. So yeah, I don't know how that works yet. We, we, we got just the very briefest. It's my understanding that we're going to have, we still have to name the object, the web viewer. I thought we still had to point to a URL somewhere. So maybe we still have to export the code or do you, do you think that it could do without that? Yeah, no, I'm pretty confident that we're not going to have to do that anymore. Um, and the reason is, is because the way the web viewer works. So the web viewer is really interesting actually, because, because it does multiple things. So when we make a web viewer and we put on a FileMaker layout, there's a box where we can enter text or, or calculated text for the address of the web viewer. Now we can just put in, you know, like an actual web address, like google.com. If we put that into the address calculation for our web viewer, it will just display that website. It will just render that website as if it were a web browser, all right? But if we enter HTML code in there, and, and, and FileMaker's gotten smarter, so we don't even have to tell it anymore that it's HTML code. It'll, it'll figure it out. If it sees HTML code in there, what it's gonna do is it's actually gonna write that code to our system drive. It has a separate temporary folder that it uses internally, and it writes that code out to the system drive, and then it loads that web page that it created on the drive inside the web viewer for us. So there's actually no technical reason why you couldn't even use the web viewer bridge embed quote unquote embedded code inside of a web viewer. And you can actually do it. I've actually got to work on Mac where even with embedded web viewers, I can use the web viewer bridge. Um, so because that it's already operating that way, I am, I'm really hopeful that, that they will just, you know, continue to take care of all of that for us. And we won't have to go through the extra steps of exporting this code. Where will the code be located? Where will I write it and then push, put it somewhere? Is it going to be in a text field, just a regular text field? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. Um, I mean, that's what it is right now, right? It's inside the calculation engine, however you get it there, whether you use a field or you use a script or a variable. And so I would imagine that that's going to continue to be how we're going to do it. But, you know, who knows? I, I might be pleasantly surprised at a, at a new a new way. But I mean, that's typically how we do it, right? Even with, um, you know, when we use the curl options with insert from URL, we just we just kind of compile them inside the calculation engine or in a text field or whatever. Obviously, it's a lot shorter code. So yeah, we'll have to wait. We'll have to wait and see. It's exciting. If you could tell them the next step, what would that next step be? To... Well, I already have. I already have told them the next step. <laughs> um, the next the next step is I think it's going to become immediately apparent that on on Windows, we have to get away from Internet Explorer 11. Really need a different, better, more modern uh, web engine on Windows. And mm -hmm. I think my thought is if, if it stays at Internet Explorer 11 and we get these new script steps, um, that's it, the, the pain that some of us feel is going to become apparent to, to many more people. And I, th I think that's going to have to be FileMaker's Next step, um, but who knows? Again, maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. I don't know. It was my impression that this new script step will solve a lot of the Windows problems. So there are multiple Windows problems. Um, the, the one of the biggest oh, ones that we uh, just don't use Windows, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, okay. yeah. If only tell that to the most of the business world. Um, so, there's, so one of the problems that we have on Windows is the character limit on the URL. 
Okay. Yep. So it's limited to 2,083 characters. And if you go beyond that, it just chops it off. Windows will just chop it off. Um, and and so that's a, that's a problem because the way that the web viewer bridge works is it passes the data in through the hash on the URL. Uh, the way that browsers work is that if you the, the first part of the URL stays the same, but just the hash changes, so that the text after the hash mark, hashtag, um, it won't reload the page, uh, but it will just, it, or at least it can just trigger the JavaScript function to run when the hash changes. And so that's that's what we do in FileMaker. That's how the web viewer bridge works. Um, is that it just it it actually resets the web viewer URL, but the first part of it is exactly the same. And so the page won't reload. It will just be notified of the change in, in hash data. Um, and so on Mac, we don't have a character limit, so we can pass in an enormous text string through that hash. We could pass in an entire, you know, base sixty four encoded PDF. Or, or image or whatever uh, in, in, into the hash, and it, and it works great. Similarly, when we call out of the web viewer, we use an FMP URL, um, and we uh, add script parameters at the end, right? Um, and again, we're limited by the length, since I, since I believe that actually runs the Internet Explorer engine on Windows, we're limited by the length of, of data that we can have there. So like a base 64 encoded document or image will likely exceed 2,083 characters. And so, and so we just can't do it. So on Windows, we have to, Web Your Bridge uses other tricks like hijacking the clipboard to pass data around. Um, so that is one, that, that character length is gonna be one big problem. If they, can, if they can solve that for us, then we'll be able to pass, even, even as it exists now, you know, we'll be able to pass documents in and out. We'll be able to pass images in and out. Um, and so we'll be able to move data much easier between the web viewer and FileMaker and, and vice versa. So, so there's still other problems like, like the fact that Internet Explorer has not been updated. It only gets security updates, right? It hasn't been updated. It can't use modern JavaScript. It, it can't use ES6. Um, so you have to do things like polyfill to get it to work. And you know, that, that, that works pretty well, it works pretty darn well actually, but there's still limitations there. Um, and, and then, it's not ideal to have to go through polyfill. It'd be nicer if we could just deploy the code the way we wrote it. And then there's other issues too with running files off the local file system in Internet Explorer. So Internet Explorer really prefers to have files hosted on a web server somewhere. But when we're running this stuff inside of FileMaker, we're running it off the local file system. And that, that can just trip Internet Explorer up. And then there's also their security settings, right? So someone playing audio can be a problem inside of Internet Explorer. Sometimes you have to have to go into Internet Explorer itself and change the internet options. And then some companies in, uh, have security policies so that the users can't change that. It has to be changed at the company level. And there's, so there's just, it's, it's, it's really kind of a tangled mess when you get down into the, the bowels of Internet Explorer. So, um, and, and right now, a lot of people don't realize that because they're doing simple, they're either not doing many web, web viewer integrations or they're doing very simple ones. But I think when we start getting some of these new expanded capabilities, we're, we're going to start doing a heck of a lot more of these. They're going to get a lot more complex. We're going to be throwing data around back and forth between FileMaker and WebViewer, and we're going to see some of these problems, unfortunately, start cropping up. I think one of my next steps, if I could help them plan their feature set for the next release, is that give us some way to print a web viewer or give us some mechanism to be able to print a chart or a, a list, right? Um, I think there's ways out there. I don't know what they are, but I know that um, FileMaker itself, the engineers at Claris have said, the web viewer is just too slow. By the time the web viewer has been loaded onto the layout, the printer already has the data for the, the layout, right? So it it excluded the, the web viewer. Right. Yeah, yeah, that that that's a pain. Um, part of that will be solved. Uh, yes, so absolutely, it'd be much nicer to be able to print the web viewer. A Some part of the, it will be solved. Well, so th there's certain things you can do, um, like a lot of chart libraries um, or various libraries uh, have capabilities to render the 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 objects, the chart 
as a as a PNG image or something like that, um, okay. or or to render as a PDF. Um, and if we can do that, then with the new capabilities, we'll be able to pass that back to FileMaker pretty seamlessly. Um, so we can pass back a PNG image, and I actually do this already for some some of the systems I've deployed with charts. Um, you render the the chart in a web viewer, you grab the PNG image, you pass it back to FileMaker, you drop it in container field, and then they can print. Um, it is a few extra steps, but usually we make distinct layouts for printing anyways. And so dropping a container field on there, maybe a global container field that we just render this chart to, isn't is not a huge deal as long as we can get it into FileMaker seamlessly. I look forward to seeing that in the new version of Widget Studio. So <laughs> But that you said that's library dependent, right? So if the library supports rendering the the object, the div into a PNG or PDF, then you're pushing that back to FileMaker through through the bridge, right? At the at the moment. Right, exactly. Yeah. And you know, like a canvas element, an HTML5 canvas element, I think just on automatically can be rendered as a PNG. I think that's one of its functions. So okay. Um, so, you know, there is, there is, it's not uncommon. It's not an uncommon thing to do. Is that as simple as surrounding the div where the chart goes into a canvas element? Um, I'm not sure about that. I guess I haven't played around with it too much. I know like chart, chart.js rent always renders to a canvas element. Okay. Um, and so it's pretty easy to get those into a, um, but I'm not sure if you can just throw anything you want into a canvas element. I haven't had a whole lot of experience with that. So, okay. Wonderful. Well, it's 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 really neat to see what is happening with JavaScript. I personally am glad that I chose to go down that route and learn more about it because I've got to share about it. I write about it. I get to meet people like you who are working with it. It seems to be a path that Claris is starting to repave and fix up, and, and they're really going to figure out how to support the JavaScript language even better than they already have. So personally, and I'm I, glad I wrote this. Yeah, way. absolutely. And I think, like I said, I think it's going to be once we have, you know, kind of this seamless um, integration and data channel between FileMaker and the web viewer, um, yeah. the possibilities are, are it, that's going to be a really powerful tool, actually, uh, because having a web custom web application built right on top of a database like that, seamlessly integrated without having to do any extra work to set that up is going to be a huge advantage. Um, and then down the road, we're going to have um, integrations even with like web services. Um, so someday we might have something like inside of a web viewer, you're going to load like Gmail or something like that. And when you're clicking on emails, it's going to be seamlessly passing data from those back into your FileMaker records and FileMaker is going to be responding with new data. Um, and so we're actually going to, eventually I really think we're going to get, you know, these extra seamless integrations with web, web websites that are already out there. It's going to be, it's going to be really phenomenal. It's good that we're talking about this a couple years in advance where it's good that we're always bringing this idea up and, I guess I encourage people to uh, explore it even more. Uh, use Widget Studio, look at Carafe, look at the other tools that people have put out there that help them see how easy JavaScript is to get it into their custom apps. Because when that new script step is, is uh, given to us, a whole new avenue of building interactive widgets will be opened up for everyone, not just people who can dig in and understand the bridge, right? It'll be for everybody. So got to get on board right now, right? Yeah, it's certainly going to at least, at least check it out and poke around and, and get your, get your gears turning now because why, you know, why wait? I didn't ask you this to switch subjects really um, harshly here, but how did your DevCon session go with the robots? I watched a little bit of it, but why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Huh? Yeah, you know, it went, uh, it, I think it went fantastically well, just because everything worked. There was no technical difficulties. Everything happened like it was supposed to, which was an enormous win as far as I'm concerned. Um, 
so yeah, I had I got this crazy idea to 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 show um, a industrial robot interacting with FileMaker live on stage. In, in order to do that, I so that's that that robot's like a it's like a thirty five thirty seven thousand dollar piece of equipment. Um, oh. And so it's not like, you know, I just have one sitting around. Um, and so I had to work with um, the robot dealer down in Florida. Um, and, you know, I just called him up on the phone, the local office and told him, hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm giving this talk at this software conference. Um, could you guys, you know, loan me your demo robot? Because I knew every, every office has one, you know, to show to clients, potential clients and stuff. And, and after a few conversations that, you know, they were super, super helpful and they had their, their sales guy pick it up their, their main office. It was actually about an hour and a half away from Orlando and their sales guy uh, picked it up and he, he drove it up to Orlando to deliver it to the front door of the hotel um, on, what was that? Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon. And then my, my talk was on Thursday and I got it programmed and I got it up on the stage and hooked up and, and everything went exactly how it was supposed to. So it was, you used a FileMaker script to make the robot do things. That's right. Yep. And, so, and I heard I was, I was there at the beginning and I had to step out, but I saw a coffee, a coffee uh, mug. I saw some, what, 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 what exactly did it do? Yeah. So um, I was using a, a six-axis robot arm uh, from a company called Universal Robotics, and these these robots are super easy to program. You really just move them around. You move it to the spot you want and say, "Remember this spot." Then you move it to another spot and say, "Remember this spot." All right, move at this speed between those two points, and it just does it. It just figures it all out. Um, and so I had pre-programmed a program uh, the robot to um, go down and, and pick up the coffee pot and then pour it into one of two coffee mugs, either a small one or a large one. And kind of the demo I had was a, um, that I had cooked up was a, a, like a check-in, visitor check-in system in FileMaker, where if, if you had you know recurring visitors or recurring clients, you would mark in the, in the database, you could choose whether they preferred a small cup of coffee or a large cup of coffee. And then when you went to check, this visitor in, in your FileMaker database, the robot would automatically go and grab the coffee pot and pour um, the coffee into, into the size preference cup that they, that was selected in the database. Um, and so, so yeah, so I, I just, I just kind of showed, and the way we do that, the way that we, I was able to connect the two was using um, Node-RED, which is a, a JavaScript, Node.js server-side JavaScript, uh, program really that enables you to, to make, to connect, you know, like IOT devices and, and APIs and all that kind of stuff um, really easily. Um, and there's, there's uh, nodes, packages in there for, for FileMaker itself as well. Um, and, and also for these robotic protocols. Um, so since these libraries already exist in there, I was able to just put the building blocks together um, to send commands to the robot and then I would just use an insert from URL in FileMaker to send my commands up to the Node.js server, and then it would send it over to the robot, and the rest is magic. That's it's astounding that that's you know that something like that gets to be a part of a FileMaker conference, right? Because well, as far as we knew three months ago when you were planning this, it was just FileMaker, and but you're you're able to show the the reach that FileMaker has. I've talked with Todd previously. It's not about how FileMaker itself is all powerful, but how we can reach out to anywhere and do anything in those services, bring back data or send a command or whatever. So it's it's so great that you got to show that. I mean, you barely looked at FileMaker. You didn't go into layout mode, right? I don't think you you didn't write it. You may have written one script you didn't talk about design. You, you focused on what FileMaker can do, how it can reach out there. That's pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, and and you know it was, it was it was a really cool experience for me as well in um, programming this. So I had um, I went to a robot lab 
uh, at a, the same company had another office up here in Minnesota where I'm from. And so I went to their robot lab. They let me in uh, to, to get the kind of, you know, the, get the robot program set up up here before I got down to Orlando. So I didn't have to do everything at the last minute. And, um, and I was able to walk in there into that robot lab without having ever, you know, written this. I brought my coffee pot in and my coffee mugs. I brought my laptop and my router and I plugged everything in. And from scratch, I was able to write a robot program, program the robot, make my, no my uh, Node-RED program and make my FileMaker database in about a half, an hour and a half. It took me about an hour and a half. And I, and I had it, my iPad there I, and I just threw it up on the iPad and I could walk around the room and hit the buttons and, and have the robot pour the coffee. And it's, it's an hour and a half. You know, that's, a, that's an astounding speed of, of development. And, you know, probably there, there's more polishing. You know, the layouts were, were very basic. You know, I hadn't done any styling to them or anything. Um, but just, you know, even as a proof of concept that you have a working demo in an hour and a half is, is unheard of. So that, that was really fantastic. We encourage everybody, this is what you're saying. We encourage everybody to use JavaScript and to program robots, right? <laughs> yes. All right. Exactly. Well, I mean, and that's <laughs> the thing. That's the thing about a lot of this stuff, right? Is that it's been around so long that there's so many tools out there now. Um, you know, like JavaScript, there is, there is so many, you know, W3 schools and videos coming out of your ears on how to do all this stuff. Um, to make Dice it interactive, exactly. <laughs> Training days at DevCon. I mean, who would have thought of that, right? Um, there's there's so many opportunities to make learning this stuff so easy that um, it it really, it really it, it is. If there's an opportunity, it only makes sense to to try them out. Wonderful. Well, Carson, I want to thank you for your time. This is good. I um, excited about what what FileMaker is doing, what Claris is doing with their platform. And I'm glad you're one of those folks that uh, are out there helping, helping lead the way, I guess, or, or just promoting the, promoting everything that we can do with FileMaker, whether it's JavaScript or a robot. So very cool. So uh, before we go, where can people find you? How do they say hi to you? If they want to ping you and ask you a JavaScript or a, or a, robot question yeah i'm in the filemaker community uh c lind i believe is my is my name c l i n d um so yeah they can absolutely uh, ping me in there I'd, I'd love to answer any questions otherwise if they you know if they just want to send me an email carson at eagleopz.com and yeah I, I i i love answering questions so all right well thank you carson for your time it's good to talk with you and uh i'll talk to you later all right all right. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the Context Podcast, sponsored by Geist Interactive. We hope you enjoyed it. We are grateful to the wonderful guests who give us their time to talk FileMaker, technologies outside of FileMaker, and the FileMaker community. You can find the Context Podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast episodes. Please give us a rating and a review. Your thoughts make the podcast more visible, and we are always interested in what you have to say. Talk with you next week.